Well, I promise we don't make you squint that hard normally uh, on the screen. And it's amazing. You guys did phenomenal just getting it up there. So uh, this is kind of the pains of having a set up, tear down church. Sometimes it's like, oh, we forgot that little piece. And or, you know, sometimes things just don't work out right. But uh, we got it up there at least. And so we're good. You might have to squint a little bit more for the scripture readings and the and the little pictures we have up there. But we'll do our best. Um, just wanted to say welcome. Glad that you guys are here. Uh, some of you, I know it's your first time. I just want to give a special welcome to you. Thanks for checking us out here at Northridge uh, on the first weekend of hunting, I hear. Um, you know, all, all, something going on. Um, so just so glad that you guys are here. We're in the last Sunday. This is literally the last day of our series called Margin. And in this series, this is really where we take a look at being really intentional about finding space, finding time, and creating it intentionally in order for us to connect more fully with God and in order for us to connect more fully with other people. Um, As we know, would you say our culture, we tend to create more time for ourselves or do we fill up our time? All right, we kind of know where we go, right? I don't know about you, but I don't find a lot of time created by myself or with my culture. My culture tends to say, here's some more, here's some more, here's some more, have some of this, buy some of this, go do this, right? Constantly, it's always saying that. And, and we just fill it up. Well, um, the Apostle Paul, God kind of spoke through the Apostle Paul in the New Testament, and, and Paul wrote about this dynamic. And what we're going to read, if you'd like to follow along, we'll put it up here in a minute. Um, you might want to follow along a little bit more in your own Bibles or on your phone today. Uh, but Ephesians chapter 5 is where we're going to be. So go ahead and turn there if you'd like to follow along. Uh, but let me just set this up. The Apostle Paul is writing in Ephesians 4 and 5. He's talking about how we fill our time. He's talking about what we fill our time up with. And he's talking about maybe what we should do. And and, and in 4 and 5, though, he's really talking about all these things. He says, don't do this. Don't do these things because what will happen is if you do a lot of this stuff, it's going to suck your time away. It's going to suck your life away. And he says, this is all the things you shouldn't do. But right in the middle of all of that, all these things that we really shouldn't do because it's just going to pull our life away, He gives two verses, two verses squeezed in between there. And he says, this is what you should do. And it's a really important couple of verses in there that are pinched in between these things that you really shouldn't do this because it'll pull your life. But if you really want to have life, live life to the full, he says, do this, fill it up with this. And that's what I want to read. So let's look at Ephesians 5, 1 and 2. This is what it says. Imitate God. Therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children, live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. So this passage talks about filling our life up. But what does it say we should fill it up with? Love. What kind of love? Any kind of love? No. A specific kind of love. A sacrificial kind of love. Love that is exemplified by Christ himself. We should fill our lives with that kind of love. It's a love that is not self-seeking. 
It's a love that's not selfish. It's not a love that says, I'm going to love because that person loves me. Okay? That's one type of love, but it's not the highest form of love. Okay? Love that is there no matter what. Sacrificial love. That's a big deal. Love that is not self-seeking. It is unconditional. It is selfless. I will do this regardless of whether they love me or not. Have you ever done that? That's hard. That hurts. Because sometimes you do that and then you get something completely the opposite of love back. But that's the kind of love that it says to fill our lives with. But the problem is, of course, as you guys know, if we are going to fill something up, what do we first need to do with whatever we're trying to fill up? What do we need to do if we need to fill something up? If I have a container and I need to fill it up, what do we have to do first? We have to empty it out, right? You have to empty it out. You have to create some space. (laughs) Hence the word margin. In order for us to fill our lives with this kind of love, we must first empty ourselves out. There's a lot of stuff in this, in the word of God that talks about that. This is one verse, but there are all kinds of passages that talk about this dynamic. We must empty ourselves a little bit first in order to have this dynamic. So here's, here's kind of how this works. A lot of people, I don't know if you've ever felt this way. I definitely have. Are there any things in your life that you've worked on changing for a long time? Has anybody like me like that, like, you know, like getting to bed earlier? You're like, this year, I'm going to get to bed earlier. And 10 years later, you're like, I'm going to get to bed earlier. I'm going to do it this year. It's going to happen, right? Or I'm going to, you know, I'm going to eat less chocolate or, you know, (laughs) that's, yeah, I don't know if I'll ever get that one, by the way. Um, I mean, we just, we have these things or we have these habits and I'm talking about like funny kind of things, but we're talking about serious stuff too. Things that you're like, man, I Ah, I always just get tripped up by that one. And I think sometimes the reason it's so hard to change is because we're trying to add something good in where we don't like something or where we know something's negative in our routine, our behavior, our reaction to somebody, our reaction to certain situations. And we try to fill something good. But I think what the problem is sometimes, I found this to be true, is I have not emptied myself of the negative first. I don't know about you, but that's hard to do because the negative kind of, we drift that way because we like it in, in sort of ways. And so we need to empty ourselves out. And what we're talking about today is time. Because time is a big part of this margin. I don't know about you, but if we had time, how many of you would love to do certain things, but you just, you haven't been able to find time, right? How many of you have said that? I've said that all the time. I'm like, well, you know, I would love to do that. I just, I don't know. Let me look at this week. I just, I don't know. Right? Because I'm not sure if the time is there. I'm not sure if I want to commit the time because I don't know how much time I may have. And we kind of run this circle, this rat race. And we time is the biggest thing, but we need to create time. We need to create margin in these areas as much as we can. And so uh, it's going to require some intentional decisions, isn't it? Because our culture does not let us just drift to having more time. We're going to have to make some really tough choices in our family, in our lives, in order to create space to more fully invest in God and allow God to invest in us. To invest more fully in other people and allow people to invest in us. We're going to have to create that space. 
Um, I want to introduce you to uh, a couple of people that are at Northridge, Greg and Molly. You guys probably have met them. Uh, They're here with us this morning. Uh, But Greg and Molly, I'm hoping that you don't look funny on the screen. You might be a little pinched. They look they look really good. I'm just telling you, like they're good looking people. The screen just might make them look, you know, like, I don't know what uh, we'll see. apologize ahead of time. Um, but they, we did a video and we, we kind of wanted to ask them about their story because I was talking with Greg uh, specifically for uh, several weeks ago, a couple of months ago, and then just a few weeks after that. And he was kind of sharing about some of these dynamics and some of these choices, some of these things that became revealed to him by God. And, and then uh, we invited Molly in because, you know, you need the wife to kind of balance things out a bit. All right. But it was but it was uh, it's this is an important thing. Trust me. I, I know uh, you, you think I'm crazy now. Woo! If I didn't have Laura, whoo boy, you guys would just be in trouble. Um, but he we have him in there. And it's really it's really, though, I think a realization of Greg to realize, hey. I need to make some changes in my life. And uh, and if for for about 10 minutes here, we're going to get into their story. We're going to hear, it's, it's a good, good length video, and I want you just to hear some of the things that he says and that Molly says that kind of interjects with, with this story and how they worked this out, uh, because I think it's really important for us to realize this is not me just t- God saying some words in the Bible. This is real, really real, and I want you to hear their story because I want you to realize this is, we all know that we all struggle with this, but I want to hear somebody that, hey, we struggled with this. We still struggle with this, but we figured some of this out. We've learned a lot of things. So let's watch the story, and then we'll, we'll wrap it up. All right, you guys can keep working on that, and I can keep going. That's, that's fantastic. I'm Greg Flareman. And I'm Molly Flareman. We've been married for 20 years. We've got four kids, <laughs> four, four boys, went from the two of us to the six of us overnight. So that was um, a little bit of a shock, a little bit of a change to uh, how we uh, had been living before. So It was seven years of wanting to start a family. And the year before that, uh, we did have a, I had a miscarriage. So that was pretty devastating. So when we found out, we were pregnant. We were very excited and optimistic with a little bit of caution. And then we found out at the first ultrasound there was going to be. Yeah. First they told us two. Then she said three. <laughs> yeah. Then they then the tech went back and said, uh, the doctor said, wait a minute, there's four. And I said, stop counting. <laughs> they had a pretty good start, except <laughs> Ben. Ben had some hard times yep. initially and went right to the NICU. And um, a lot of you at church know our son Ben is and you know he is severely autistic yeah and just the logistics of having him in addition to three other brothers at the same time was was a little overwhelming mm-hmm. <laughs> what did we do 40 bottles a day 40 diapers a day so uh, it was quite the assembly line yeah. in the early days I used to have a full head of hair I worked very diligently and, and moved my came into the organization as a as a team leader for a group of people in IT and moved into the infrastructure manager position for a 3,000 employee company that had 150 locations across the U.S. and Canada, um, uh, basically in a 
North American company. Um, and uh, really felt like I was progressing within that company and uh, felt like I was doing all the right things. I also sacrificed a lot of things. I sacrificed time with Molly, with the kids when they were young, and uh, she was she did a lot of stuff on her own for many, many years. Um, didn't take very good care of my health. I was too busy working. I couldn't find time to work out as regularly as what I wanted to. Um, changes in senior leadership came along and change in direction and uh, unfortunately, they made a decision that, that I wasn't quite the right one for the organization um, based on where they wanted to go, So, which was really, um, really heartbreaking for me because I had worked so hard uh, and given up so much. I'd given up time with my wife, time with my kids uh, to give what I could to the company and to my career there started traveling a lot more. Uh, up to, at one point, up to 75% of my time was spent traveling. And when we were trying really hard to, to control the situation and make it work, it wasn't working. It was, it was stressing us out financially, career-wise. I mean, kids, everything. It was just, we, we were not in a good place because we were so frustrated and stressed and needed each other and weren't there and it just yeah. had gotten to a point where it was overwhelming i felt like uh i was kind of running the bases in the wrong order as uh brent shared with us during the home run uh series um i was going after chasing after success and business and all of the things outside of the home um thinking that that was my way of contributing back into the into the home. When all of a sudden we got this opportunity to move to Madison, the first house we saw um, was just the perfect house for us. The fact that we sold our house in one day in one of the worst uh, housing markets in a long time. Um, the fact that I was, uh, I lost my job in the height of, uh, of the I don't know what we wanted, the Great Recession or whatever they want to call it, but and and then found another job, had another job within a matter of weeks. I mean, it was six weeks, I think I was out of work, was it. It was those kinds of things that I'm like, wow, I really got to pay attention. I'm I, I am amazingly blessed, and, and God has been very good to me and to us. And, and if I don't um, take something from those, events and, and carry that forward and share that and help others, um, I, I'm really going to be missing it. Some things have changed uh, in our life. One of the things that I guess I've learned is in my uh, short life, I guess, 20 <laughs> I'll be 42 this year, so I, in reaching that point in my life when I've started to look back on things, and, and especially the last three years since we've uh, made the move from Minneapolis to Madison, um, I really feel like uh, we've found margin in our lives, um, and but we've also had to make that margin too, in the sense that we've we've had to take specific time to carve things out, um, like getting up at five in the morning to go to the gym. That's something that's important to us because, um, as Molly said, you know, with Ben uh, and having a special needs child that is physically demanding as well as emotionally demanding, uh, you've got to take care of yourself and you've got to be, be healthy mentally and physically to, um, to deal with that. That is where I've 
paid better attention and I've listened um, more, whether that's finding time for Molly and I to spend time together or for me to spend time with the boys. Being a father is a, is a lot more, there's a, it requires a lot more time to be invested than what I originally thought. And that's one thing that I've tried to carve more time out and be, make more, be more mindful of. We tried to fit so much in and instead of stepping back and look, and when we step back and look at what did we really need and what, what were we trying to accomplish, we actually cut back on things and made more time um, and wound up being just fine. We, we made some changes and part of it was, uh, you know, the transformation, so to speak, was uh, just a matter of me paying attention to some things. The, before I was so consumed by what's next, what's next, what, what's next, that I, I didn't really pay attention to what was um, being said to me and I, and it just would move on to the next thing. Oh yeah, okay, that that's great, and on to the next thing. So this was uh, the more that I slowed down a little bit and created some margin in my life. I got an opportunity to really pay attention better, I think, to some of those signs, um, and just realize, wow, I'm missing some stuff that I really uh, should pay better attention. When I was traveling um, or when I was entrenched in work, I, there's just things. That, I felt like I became stranger, a stranger to Molly and to the boys because I would, they'd have questions or they'd share something with me, and I'm like, "Wow, what happened? I, I missed that." Um, events would happen, and I wouldn't have any idea of what was going on. I mean, just all the things that that Molly keeps track of in regards to Ben's needs that uh, that I was absolutely clueless on. Things like his medications and. All of these things, and I just said, you know, I need to, I need to be more uh, aware of what what their needs are outside of just bringing home financial means. We we have a lot more trust in what he has in in store for us than um, trying to rely on ourselves. For the moment, um, going to church with Ben is not. This is not a season where we're trying to do that. So I stay home typically with Ben and Greg goes with the boys. But the good thing about that is what he's modeling to the boys and what the boys are learning. The fact that two of them want to get baptized is huge. Yeah, that was awesome. Um, As I look back on things and I start to prioritize things in the right order, um, much like what the Home Run series tries to do in in explaining how we need to to run those bases in the right order, I I feel like um, that's produced its own margin. It's, uh, I've been shown uh, opportunities to do those things. And, and again, with that awareness from Brent's teachings and, and from just paying attention to it and her and I talking about things that try and find the time to, to put those things in order and start to do those things in, in the right way. As I look back and I really think about where we were at in Minneapolis in comparison to where we are today, three years later. Um, it, I was so entrenched in, in this world and what this world has to offer um, financially in relationships. It was all about how do I get to know the next person I need to know for progression in my career and things like that. And I didn't spend time on the relationships that really mattered, my wife, my children, you know, all those kinds of things. It, it, and God, 
God was trying to get through to me. I just, I don't know that I was really paying attention um, until he decided to put a series of these things in front of me. I, I started to pay more attention and go, oh, wow, this, this didn't just happen by coincidence. This isn't just, um, things just don't unfold like this normally. This, is, this has got to be him working in my life to try and make a point with me that I need to change some things. So um, that was that was where it really hit home for me and where I really started to realize, wow, this is, this is him trying to work in my life. Um, sometimes the little subtle tap on the shoulder is not so subtle. Uh, for instance, you know, like we were talking about with uh, me losing my job, uh, that kind of started a chain of events, but, and that was not a subtle, <laughs> that was not a subtle nudge. Um, but it also was the nudge that I needed to start looking at things differently and, and listening to him better. It's not easy, by the way, to get up in front and to, you know, I know they weren't up in front, but they were up in front, uh, you know, to share your story. Because the truth is, don't we all struggle with that? And did you notice, um, you know, that they, there were a lot of struggles that, that were thrown their way. They had some curveballs. <laughs> One, no, no, two, three, four. Right. Stop counting. All right. And, and, and obviously the challenges that I mentioned with Ben, and the, I mean, there's a whole nother story there, isn't there? I mean, with you guys, there's a whole nother part of that, um, that, that eventually we'll get into, by the way. And, uh, and we just don't have time <laughs> today. You see that yeah, margin? Um, and we just, we just get on those things. But did you notice that the, I think that probably the one big thing that, that came out of that was Greg and Molly listening for those nudges and those taps. Did you notice that? That they mentioned that several times? That there were signs, there were signals, there were things happening. Nudges, little subtle ones, maybe not so subtle ones. That were like, hey, you need to make a change. You are chasing your job like crazy. And your career, it does not matter as much. It matters. Sure, it matters a little bit. But it does not matter as much as it does as your family, your wife, your children, God. And those nudges. And the question that obviously comes out of that story is, is God perhaps nudging you right now? Nudging you in this season of your life? I don't know about you. I don't know for you. I'm just asking the question. Is God perhaps, has he been nudging you, tapping you on the shoulder saying, hey, a change is needed. It's been needed for a while. Make it. Make that change. So what I want to do just for the the last few minutes this morning is I want to talk about two areas that I think we really need margin in. And these are going to be pretty big areas, like general areas. Um, and, and one we don't talk about all that often, but one we definitely have here at Northridge quite a bit. Um, but let me just share those, those with you. The first one is in, we need to find margin in our personal life, in our personal life. Um, we spend so much time doing things just on our own. 
Because that's how our culture builds it. We're Americans, that's what we do. And so we spend so much time, we invest so much time into this. And if you were, if I, uh, just, just to, to kind of think through this through, to help make it practical, think through and start making a list. Make a list of everything you do throughout the day and throughout the week. List everything, everything you do. And look at it, and I want you to see, consider doing this. I've done this before, I really have. I didn't do it this week, but I've done this in the past. Make a list, look at it, and see how much of those things, what percentage of those things is spent specifically on investing in God and allowing Him to invest in you and investing in other people and allowing them to invest in you. How much of those things that you do on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, is you investing in God and you investing in other relationships with people? Because those two things are the most important things in life, aren't they? Most of us, it'd be hard to argue against that. Those are the two most important things in life. Investing in those two things. And so our time becomes, okay, what is this? Now, this is why I think, though, now, if you're like me, I tend to be this way at seasons in my life. It kind of depends on how I'm doing. I've gotten a lot better at shortening these seasons, and I've gotten a lot better at making these seasons less often in my life. So I've gotten better. I've definitely grown, but I still sometimes get to this tendency. And I think this is the tendency. I think we as people, we tend to dabble in God. You know what the definition of dabble is? To take part in a casual or superficial way. (laughs) I think we tend to dabble in God. Just a little of God, thank you. Yes, I'll go on Sunday, but then I'm watching the Packers. We need to be out by 11, (laughs) right? Or whatever the case is. I I understand. I love watching the Packers, okay? I'm not saying that's bad. I will be watching the Packers. Actually, we're traveling to Indiana, so I'll get to see like five minutes. But it's okay. Normally, I would be watching the Packers, all right? But what we do is we tend to dabble. Just dabble in God. Yeah, I might think about the Bible. I might go to church a couple times a month. I'm, yeah, we dabble. It's kind of like the difference between, have you ever come up to a body of water that you're just not sure, like a swimming pool, and you dip your toes in, right? You just stick your toes in just a little bit, right? You know how that goes? It's the difference between that and you know what the other difference? Cannonball, right? Would we agree that there's a difference in level of commitment there? I think it's pretty obvious. This between... Watch out! You know? And you bring others in with you, too, by the way, at that. I mean, that's just the way it is. It's the difference between dipping your toe in and a cannonball. For example, this is, this is the illustration that I was thinking of um, this week. Uh, maybe this will help. Maybe it's not. And if not, maybe it's just a fun story for you. Um, when I was learning to, uh, well, I guess I was really trying this water slide out for the very first time. And it was one of these water slides where you're in these really big tubes, you know what I mean? And you sit in the bottom of it and you have those handles and there's like four or five people with you. So there, there's maybe four or five people total in this big tube. And it was one of those water slides where they push you down the little chute and they, they, of course, on purpose, which is great. I personally love it. Other people are like, stop doing that, you know, but they spin you so you don't know what, where you're going to be. And so they spin you and you go down this little chute and then it's one of these with this huge half pipe U shape. And so you get to the edge of that and then it goes, I mean, it just takes, it's a doozy. 
Let me tell you that. And it takes off and it goes up the other side and it comes back and it's, it's phenomenal. It's really good. Well, the first time we went down this, I happened to be on this side of the tube. So I'm watching the, the two people that were going you know, down first. I saw their face. And I, I'm sitting here and I saw them go, oh, I mean, they lost it. You know, I mean, I just I thought, oh, that's the end right there. You know, I mean, that's what their face looked like. And then we went over and man, it was a doozy. We dropped off and we went really, really fast. It's like a free fall. And to be honest, though, I'll be honest. uh, I was like, that was a pretty cool ride. That was was neat. I could have done without it, though. I was like, it was pretty neat. It was it was okay, you know, and, and and but the other two or three people, they were like, let's go again. That was awesome. And I'm like. That's fine. I'll go. I, I didn't, wasn't really that impressed. So we went up. Second time down, we spun it so that I was backwards. And I was the first one going over. Let me tell you what a difference that was. I wanted to go on that like the rest of the time. After that, I was like, and spin me so I'm going backwards. Because it was phenomenal. I mean, it was like, I really, I thought it was going to die for a minute. I was like, oh, okay, we're good. <laughs> I mean, that's what it felt like. It was awesome. And, and, and I, that's what I think the difference is between dabbling in God and immersing ourselves in God. I think most people, they get that little dip the toes in version of God. I think most people get the, we go over and like, yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, that was all right. Thanks, God. Appreciate it. Instead of the, whoa, that was awesome. There's a huge difference in experiencing God that way. Because here's the deal. Depending on how much margin we give to God will determine how much we are immersed in Him, which will determine how much our experience is with Him. If you want to fully experience God, you must. It's no room for error on this, you have to create space for him to work. Have to. There's no way you're going to be immersed in God if there's no time and space for him to work. It's just not going to happen. And so we need to create that time and space. So here's the deal, because there could be person A who has this relationship with God and dabbles, and there's this person who also has a relationship with God and is immersed the experience between this person and this person is going to be radically different. Radically different. It, can't, it just can't be overstated. And so that's one of the most important reasons that we need to not dabble in God, but we need to immerse ourselves in God, which means we need to empty ourselves out a little bit. It might mean that you take... So you make some serious changes in your career, in your life, in your schedule, in what you do and what you don't do. Remember that what you say yes to is determining what you're saying no to by default. Right? If I say yes to these things, I'm saying no to these things even though I didn't say no to them. Because I've made no space for them. Does that make sense? And so we need to create that space. All right. So we get it. Personal life, we need to create space for God and for other people. Because we need to love God and love others. And we need time and we need space to do that. All right, the second area. This is one that we don't talk about very often, but it's become a fairly intense need here at Northridge pretty recently. All right? The, the, the second area is church. This area we need to create margin in. 
Now, I, I could go the route of talking about how we need to create space in our lives in order to have time to get to church and to worship. Yes, that's important, but that would go with personal life, right? That would be your personal decisions on, on when and how and, and making that happen, all right? So that's not really what we're talking about. What we're literally talking about here today is creating margin in our church, creating space in our church, all right? This is how this works. Um, for the last several months, some of you have noticed that the room seems to have gotten smaller in here, all right? Uh, it obviously hasn't gotten smaller. We've just gotten more people here. And that's a great thing. That's, that's wonderful. All right? That's, that's, what, that's all on God. Thank you, God. But what we need to make sure in, in light of that is that we might need to start thinking a little differently. We need to start maybe thinking a little bit more creatively. Um, we might need to make some intentional decisions on changing some things because of those realities. I don't know if you, most of, a lot of us, we don't ever see what's going on outside of this room either. Believe me, it's crazy. I mean, kids are running around, they're having a blast, they're learning stuff. We asked Jackson and Hannah, what'd you learn today? Well, we did this, we did that, we did that. Sometimes they're quiet, we're like, no, really tell us, you know. But there's a lot going on here. We, we literally, we, we take over this level of the building and a little bit of upstairs too. Why do I say that? The reason is this, and, and I can't be overstated once again. The reason I say that is this. There needs to always be a focus in our life, our personal lives, and there always needs to be a focus as a church, as a community of believers. When I say the church, I mean you all, us together collectively. We need to have this focus. What is that focus? We need to always have focus on creating space and time for God and for other people. For God and for other people. And that includes our church. Because here's the deal. All right, here, This is where it gets really important. If we do not create space. And by the way, I'll just say this. This might, be, this might scare you a little bit. That might mean that in the near future. And we've, we've, believe me, we've added a bunch of chairs even this morning. That might mean that in the very near future we need to go to two services on Sunday morning instead of one. And let me tell you why we need to be okay with that. Because if you don't like that, it's fine. But let me tell you why we, if that's what we need to do. Because the day that we start or stop thinking about the people that are not here is the day we say, thanks God, but no, we're good now. Thanks God, we're comfortable. We like it kind of how it is. Thanks, God, I've got a lot of people that I know. If there's more, I just, I'm not sure. They might take my seat. I like this black chair where it is. Ah, there it is. If we don't create space, here's the deal. If we don't create space and time for God to work and for other people who are not here, then what we are communicating without saying anything to them is we're full. We don't have enough space for you. We don't have enough time for you. We don't have enough energy for you. And yeah, we don't have enough love for you. We don't have to say anything. We communicate that. Now, I don't know about you, but for me, I'm the kind of guy that likes a full room, right? I'm just, I'm a people guy. And so like when there's a lot of people, I go, woo, this is awesome. 
was at the Badger game last night. I was like, whoa, thousands of people. This is fantastic. And the Badgers won, by the way, so that helped, right? That was good. So I love a full room, but here's the deal. When somebody new comes, they don't necessarily want to squeeze in and walk over you to find the only seat left. Right? We know that. And, and here, a lot of people take offense to this because they kind of think, um, you know, well, I do like what we've got right now. I, I kind of like this size. I kind of like how we're going. I, I like this, this setup of the room right now. This is great. That's great. But here's the problem. A lot of times we take offense and say, well, what? I'm important too. I'm here already. So I'm important. Absolutely. And it's the very reason why I say we always need to keep our eyes outside the focus. Because remember that at one point you weren't here. Right? At one point, Laura and I weren't even here. And we need to keep our focus outside of ourselves to create space and time for other people and for God to work. Whatever that means. It's going to be really, really important. Because the day we stop doing that is the day we give up our mission as a church for what God wants for us to do. The day we start saying that to our family I don't have time. I don't have space to our family, to our kids, to our spouse. You know what we're saying? We're giving up on what God has said is most important in life. Those friends, those people that love us and we love them, given that, and even to this degree, to the people that we don't even know yet. Did you know that God wants to make space in your life for people that you haven't even met yet? Talk about blowing your mind. But it's true. And if we don't have that space, we may never meet those people. Or when we meet those people, right over the top of them. And we won't even realize, hey, God had them there for a reason. So all of this to say, very simple question. And I want you to, re- I want you to wrestle with this. Because our culture will tell you, you don't need it. That's what our culture will say. Our culture will say, you don't need this question. You don't need it. Buy more. Do more. You'll be well-rounded. What is that anyway? That's what our culture says. Get them in as many things as possible. Then you're well-rounded. Keep them out of trouble. We don't need that. This is what we need. Think about this question. What can you do? What should you do to create margin this week? For all of us, it's going to be different. For me, it's going to be different. But I know that there's an answer in there for all of us somewhere between us and God, between us and other people. How can you create margin this week for God to work? Don't fill it up with the normal, usual, every day, all the stuff that our culture says. But create some space, some time. It can, you start small. And just find that little niche and find that where you can spend time with God, invest in Him, and invest in some other people. And I, I think that what you will find is you'll find some incredible value there. I really do. Would you pray with me? The worship band's going to come up. Lord, I pray that you would help us to find margin. Lord, help us to find and to create time 
to invest in you and for you to invest in us. Help us to create space and time for us to invest in other people and for other people and allowing them to invest in us. Lord, help us to fill our lives with sacrificial love rather than maybe some of these other things. Help us to be honest with ourselves. Help us to be honest with you. And God, help us to make a commitment to change. To not just look at this and say, yeah, I'm going to get that done, and then, it, and then it passes us by. Help us to make, Lord, that change. Give us that resolve. Give us that commitment to do it. And help us to follow through with it. We pray all of this in your name, Jesus. We ask this in your name. Amen.